grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Our text this day is the Gospel reading, that familiar account of the parable of the prodigal son. Here especially these concluding verses as the Father says to the elder son, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is our text. You may be seated. We've all been to, or at least have heard about a homecoming. I'm talking about the kind of celebration when the hometown high school team comes back from state after just winning the championship. Everybody comes out to congratulate them and celebrate their accomplishment. Or when the Bison get back from Frisco as the national champions again. Or still... Or when the local unit of the National Guard returns from a deployment. Friends and family gather together to welcome them home. Spouses and children embrace. Tears of joy are shed. There is so much joy, maybe even a bit of relief, that their loved ones are back safe and sound. That's the image conveyed in the parable of the prodigal son a homecoming celebration. That's the heart of the Father and a picture of heaven. The Father rejoices over his lost ones who return to him. And if that's a picture of heaven, if that's the reality in heaven, then that's what the church here on earth should look like as well. But how often... Or how well does the church on earth truly reflect that image? Very often, we who are a part of the church here on earth are like the older brother in the parable. The one who stayed. The one who never strayed. We're here week after week, worshiping in God's house, hearing God's word, teaching Sunday school, working in the kitchen, holding some office or position. No one ever really seems to celebrate that. We don't get any recognition for that. And then the pastors come along and the board of elders and say, hey, we're starting this new program called Shepherding Our Strays and we need you to get on board so that we can reach out to our inactive members, you know, the ones who've gone astray, who've departed from the Father's house and are in danger of losing everything, so they can be restored to the family and we can receive them back with gladness and joy. But what's our real incentive for doing that? Why should we be so quick to rejoice and celebrate when they're the ones who've left? And we've been here all along, and no one notices. It reminds me of the puppet show from Grow a few years back. When the team introduced their new friend, Champ the Bison. 
The other puppets wondered who he was and where he'd come from, and Champ informed them that he'd been there all along. What? Where, they said. Oh, right here, next to the golf clubs. And when they questioned him, what are you talking about saying there weren't any golf clubs he held up an iron for them to see right there all along the others just never noticed or paid attention it's easy to feel undervalued and unappreciated and that causes us not to value or appreciate others very well either we're much more inclined to say they've made their choices. Let them live with them. They're the ones neglecting God's word, despising it and spurning him. If the church was really important or meant anything to them, they'd be here. And it'll be here when they're ready, if they ever want to come back. Besides, we have a policy in place and we follow it. We understand Jesus' teaching in Matthew 18 about how to handle church discipline. At the end of it, doesn't he say that we should treat them like tax collectors and sinners? They were despised by God's people, rejected and cast out. So isn't that what we should do if we really want to follow the Lord's word? That's the sinful nature talking the one that makes us all try to justify ourselves. Whether we go astray or whether we're safe in the fold, it clings to us all. And in fact, it's the very occasion for this parable. The Pharisees are condemning Jesus, criticizing him. This man receives sinners and eats with them. They needed to have their hypocrisy pointed out, as do we. Treat them as you would a tax collector or a sinner. And how does Jesus treat the tax collectors and the sinners? He calls Matthew to be his disciple and receives sinners and eats with them. He teaches them God's word, proclaims to them the law so that they may repent, be forgiven, and live. And that's how he deals with you and me as well. In Jesus, the never-failing, always-seeking love of the Father is shown in full effect. The Father never stops seeking out those who have departed from him, who have rejected him as their father and tread his gifts and inheritance underfoot like so many swine stomping their food into the mud. Did you notice in the parable how the father saw the wayward son while he was still a long way off? Now, how could he have seen the sun coming from such a distance if he wasn't already looking? 
if he wasn't always looking. And then he does what no self-respecting Israelite elder and father should ever do. (laughs) He hikes up his robe and goes running to meet him, embracing him and kissing. That is scandalous for a father to do. That miserable son should be running to him. Head hanging, metaphorical tail between his legs, and acknowledge in humility his lower state. But that's the heart of the father. Willing to endure even the scandal of forsaking his rightful place and honor, all for the sake of welcoming his child and receiving him back. It's as scandalous from a human perspective as the only begotten son in the flesh forsaking himself, emptying himself, taking on the form of a servant and becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's the never-failing, always-seeking love of the Father at work. It's how he has restored you and me to his family, received us back safe and sound, no longer in danger of eternal death and hell apart from his gracious care and blessing. The day you were baptized, when Satan was cast out and the Holy Spirit entered in and like the sun in the parable, when the very best robe, that robe of Christ's own righteousness, was put on you on that day, there was a party in heaven. God the Father rejoiced over you with singing and dancing, the likes of which we can only imagine. And it's been a party for him every day since as you've heard the Lord's word, confessed your sin, and received his absolution, and lived in his grace. You, who were once dead in your trespasses and sins, are alive again. You, who once were lost, are found. There are many from within our congregation who have left the Father's house, who may not have said in so many words, but by their actions have told the Father, you're dead to me. I have no need of you. I'm going off to live my own life. And it breaks our Father's heart, as the heart of the Father in the parable surely broke to hear his son ask for the inheritance while the father was still alive. And to our surprise, the father lets them go. Watching in agony as they depart and longing with everything that is in him that they would one day return. But he never stops seeking. He's always expecting their return so that he may welcome them back with joy as he has welcomed us. And what's more, 
He even uses us to help to seek them out. Perhaps God is calling you to serve in shepherding our strays, to be his hands, feet, voice, and eyes in this world so that those who are lost may be found once again. There is rejoicing in heaven when God's wayward children are restored to his fold. And you and I are part of that family. The sisters and brothers of those still needing to be restored. And so as members of the family, we get to rejoice and celebrate too. The party is ours too. We can welcome them with open arms. Tell them with joy how glad we are to see them and how much we've missed them. And most of all, how precious they are to our Father. Because we're just like them. Sinners in need of a Savior. Lost children whose Father spared no expense to make sure we make it home safe and sound. And oh, what a party it will be. Can you hear the music? Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.